0: Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza.
1: Hi, I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David.
0: Uh, This week, we're going to be talking about some, as as has become uh, kind of a tradition, we're going to be giving an update on the Supreme Court's recent decisions. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, Roger Stone, Joe Biden's housing plan, and the Harper's Letter. And we're going to have some happy news and troop deployments. Um, So to start us off, we're going to be giving some uh, updates on some stories we talked about from the last episode. Last time, we were talking about a couple of stories that we have updates on. And David, do you want to take us through that?
2: The first item is that Trump has come to his senses or more likely gotten locked in the closet in the White House for long enough for one of the adults in the room to uh, tell him that no, actually deporting every international student in America would be a bad thing. The
0: ever-dwindling list of adults in the room.
2: Yeah, no kidding. Um, So, uh, yeah, the um, ICE has uh, grudgingly reformed its policy regarding international students taking online classes and international students are no longer at risk of deportation over a dumb fucking rule.
0: Excellent. And we have an update on the Hong Kong situation.
2: Yes. uh, I gotta say, guys, I am doing some soul searching. Because, my god, Boris Johnson (laughs) has turned out to be such a badass. Uh, So... Uh, the UK has suspended extradition to Hong Kong uh, so uh, extradition treaties for those of you who don't know are basically treaties where the Hong Kong police can tell the British government hey such and such person is in your country they've committed crimes in Hong Kong please send them to us so we can try and just
1: them. to be clear and with a passage, pretty much every nation has these with pretty much every other nation with, with some minor exceptions
2: yes. Yes. Uh, if you watch the old movies uh, where they always talk about um, uh, criminals uh, heading for Mexico or to Fiji or wherever, it's because those countries were late to the extradition game. Uh, although now almost all of them have uh, have uh, come around and enacted extradition treaties with the U.S., so now I think the only countries that don't are, like, North Korea, Iran, and possibly Russia.
0: You know, all the places Um, you'd want to escape to after stealing your millions.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes, quite. Um, And uh, with the passage of the new quote-unquote national security law in China, uh, some crimes for which people could be extradited include peacefully protesting in favor of democracy criticizing xi jinping criticizing the communist party of china or well pretty much anything that we in the west tend to value as you know the bedrock of a liberal and civil society so basically everything we Uh, do on this podcast yeah yeah pretty much um uh and the uk said yeah no we're it that's gonna be what you're making illegal, then we're not going to extradite people to you uh, anymore. And that is good because there already were a lot of um, Hong Konger expats living in Britain, and hopefully with the uh, migration law we talked about previously, there will be many, many more very soon. And uh, uh, with the extradition treaty suspended, that will actually have some serious teeth. So, uh, it is... The, the Sino-British relationship is gonna be interesting for a while because of this. And it's possible it could break really, really bad. But if it doesn't, then... I'm going to have to like like if it doesn't then Britain is going to be, just shoot up my list of best countries like it mm. like everything I wanted them to do they're pretty much
1: doing. They still have absolutely atrocious free speech laws though. I mean
2: they do but not worse than Hong Kong's. That's true, yeah.
0: Well, wow, that's a pretty low bar, <laughs> um, but they really are demonstrating some, you know, actual international leadership here, uh, which is good because the world is in desperate need of that at the moment.
1: Yeah, ever since we decided we don't want that game anymore,
0: and so did everybody else apparently. Like, why is the UK the only ones really stepping up to do anything about the situation in Hong Kong? <sighs>
1: I mean, if I had to guess, it would probably be because China makes all of our cheap stuff, plus they have nukes.
0: Yeah, well, that's uh, I'm sure they make all of uh, the United Kingdom's cheap stuff, too.
1: Yeah, that's true. And they're even closer to them.
0: But, well, good for them. Yeah. All right, moving on to news stories. We've got uh, a few from the Supreme Court uh, this term one that i am really sad about um came out i think it was last week was that F- supreme court ruled that basically florida can enact a poll tax on its ex-felons uh in order to vote now what happened was in the i think it was the 2018 election but it might have been 2016 florida did a statewide referendum and allowed the people to vote on the question of whether felons should be able to vote. Where previously a lot of uh, the sentence for a, a felony crime was your loss of your right to vote forever. And the people uh, overwhelmingly voted in favor of restoring the vote to ex-felons who had, who had served their time and were out. So the Republican legislature of Florida uh, didn't like this, presumably because... Most felons tend to vote Democrat, and the Republican Party is increasingly going to voter suppression as their main strategy for remaining in office. So what they did was they passed a law that said, okay, felons, you can vote, but you have to pay all of your court fees before you're allowed to vote. And voting, when you haven't paid all of your court fees, is uh, a crime, which can get you sent back to jail. Jesus. Yes. Yes. And this was immediately appealed to the Supreme Court, because, like, this can't possibly be constitutional. This is a poll tax. And the Supreme Court said, no, it's fine.
2: So, so let me ask, how does that interact with the referendum, though?
0: The referendum said felons get the right to vote. But um, the Supreme Court says it's okay to put conditions on that right.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, that's what the case was about. It's. I mean, I'm surprised that it was uh, constitutional to allow ex felons to not be able to vote anymore.
0: Well, th- it is constitutional, and that's a long standing rule because it's a it's a part of the punishment.
1: To to have um, your right to vote taken away permanently. Yes.
0: Jesus. Yes. It is. If you could I mean, the, the thinking is, if you can put someone in jail for the rest of their life. And you can deny them the right to vote while in jail, then you can deny them the right to vote for the rest of their life. That's inherently in the power of a state. Um, I don't agree with that. I don't think. I think felons who are in jail should be allowed to vote. Yeah. Um, but if you are able to disenfranchise felons while they're in jail, there's no sort of legal doctrine or, or reasoning that would suggest that you can't do it after they're out. Um, you can impose a lot of conditions on people as a, uh, as a a while you're not holding them in jail.
2: That is a hot take, but also yes.
0: Is
1: that a hot take?
2: Uh, that felon should be allowed to vote while they're in jail? Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. really? I, I mean, I think it's a pretty good idea.
2: Oh, yeah, it's definitely a good idea, but that doesn't mean it's not a hot take, unless I've been oh. using that phrase
1: wrong, which... Now that I think about it, is distinctly possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what is the mind killer's uh, uh, hot take definition? Wait, wait, hold on,
0: hold on. Somebody go ask some kids. Uh, what? Hey, kids, what does hot take mean?
1: <laughs> They're gonna um, give you something yeah. out of Arabic dictionary. You don't want to know. All right. If there's any kids listening in, uh, that is defined <laughs> as someone who cannot legally drink yet. Let us know what a hot take is.
0: All right. Moving on.
2: Um, Uh, Well, real quick, before we move on um, Wes rightly pointed out that uh, the Republican Party is going to voter suppression tactics because they are desperate Um, and uh, I just want to say that if there are any uh, political strategists listening to this or anything like that uh, just remember that you need to win so bigly that it won't matter if they suppress votes um. now we can move on.
0: They, they know.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but it bears repeating.
0: I suppose so. All right, next decision was, and this is an interesting one, the Supreme Court ruled that states cannot give funding to private schools without giving it to religious schools. And this was not on um freedom to exercise grounds this was an establishment clause decision um because what it's basically saying is states can choose to fund private schools or not fund private schools but once you're funding private schools you can't discriminate on the basis of religion and this was a case brought in under montana's state constitution which forbids funding going to religious schools now, I happen to think this was this is a, a one where the, the legal question was decided correctly even if it's a an unfortunate outcome. Because I certainly don't want more money going to religious schools. Um, but I do think there's valid reasoning saying you can't discriminate on the basis of religion. That's what the establishment clause is all about.
2: So there uh this was actually an IJ case, so I am Uh, i think contractually required to uh support the plaintiff in this case uh and they a a what case an institute for justice case uh the libertarian law firm i've uh said wonderful things about before because they're wonderful um
0: and uh, at which side were they on
2: uh they were supporting the person trying to get the school vouchers Um, for the religious school. And uh, they actually released a podcast episode about it for their uh, podcast, Bound by Oath. Um, And uh, their most recent episode uh, of Bound by Oath was actually about this... Or, no, the one before the most recent one uh, was about Espinosa v. Montana and... Which is this case we're discussing, and I strongly recommend you listen to that episode, which I assume will be in the show notes.
1: So, I, I agree that like giving funding to religious schools is terrible, and I hate that government tax dollars are being used to do it, but I also feel like I'm being forced into this position by my, you know, principles of not discriminating based on things like that. Is there some way to save me here? Uh,
2: yes, except that if the government's in the business of giving money to private schools, it should be in the business of giving money to all private schools <laughs>
0: uh well the so the four liberal justices did dissent um they took and and for once they were taking a uh, a more originalist position law um, just stating that yeah the you know this has been the case for hundreds of years you know this is in the montana constitution um there was the original meaning of the uh first amendment it would be perverse to read that to compel funding of religious schools Um, i don't think that's a particularly good argument but it's out there
2: yeah uh and the um The, uh, IJ podcast episode actually goes into the history of these sorts of laws, and basically the point of them was to discriminate against Catholics, uh, because, uh, de facto the public schools were Protestant schools, and so if there was a private religious school, it was a Catholic school, um... uh, can't be
0: funding those papists
2: yeah so uh again there's uh there's more to the arguments behind this than just um religion boo uh atheism yay uh and i would emphatically recommend people listen to the podcast episode to get the full story
0: all right and the third supreme court decision is sort of a mixed bag. So this one's about Trump's tax tax returns. And what the court ruled was that he has to provide his tax returns to the criminal investigation. He might have to provide them to the House investigation, but he almost certainly won't have to provide any of them until after the election. So it's sort of a loss for him on the actual law that was created, but it was a big electoral win, in that his all he cares about is keeping his tax returns hidden until after the election, and it looks like he's going to be able to do that.
1: The disclosure of the tax returns uh, didn't actually have anything to do with the elections, right? The reason that Correct. the yeah okay,
0: there was a house. There were there were two separate uh, parties looking for his tax returns. One was a state criminal investigation it was a prosecution and they subpoenaed his bank and the other was a house of representatives I- inquiry
1: i'm still surprised that he, this has gone on for so long where the president has just been like no i don't have to give my tax returns to someone doing a criminal investigation just because i'm the president
0: yeah and it's even stranger because this isn't a this isn't actually him it's the bank that was subpoenaed. So he can't, you know, it wasn't up to him to just say, I'm not giving it. He had to intervene legally to quash the subpoena and it's still taken this long.
2: And, uh, to continue my pattern of shilling for other better podcasts. Um, uh, all the president's lawyers with, uh, Ken White, the first amendment lawyer who blogs at popat.com. Um, has been following this case, and uh, I want to say their most recent episode was mostly dedicated to talking about the ins and outs of this case, and again, I'd recommend that to anyone who wants to really get into the gritty details of the legal arguments and the implications and so on.
1: I gotta say, Supreme Court time is one of my favorite times of the year. Always feels like <laughs> this is the season when I can turn into NPR and hear Nina Totenberg and just get all sorts of cool shit into my ears. Yeah,
0: it's it's, it's been a very busy term, uh, as you can tell, that for from the, the, we've been doing this every week.
1: Do they? I mean, they intentionally make their decisions throughout the year and then release them all in the course of a month, right?
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's terms. Um, I'm not sure what the actual length of time is on a supreme court term but they they hear cases during a term and have to well they don't have to but they tend to give the decisions by the end of the term
1: yeah i'm a little surprised that they don't just do them as they get them and instead save up all the decisions to be released more or less at once
0: well they're usually um federal judges before their supreme court justices and uh, federal judges are notorious for taking forever to rule on anything
1: well all right,
0: yep all right next story in uh in presidential corruption news Roger Stone's sentence has been commuted right before he was about to go to jail mm-hmm. uh if you'll remember Roger Stone he's the sort of uh cartoon villain who was working for Donald Trump who got convicted of uh lying to the FBI was that him
2: I no I think that was um,
0: oh that was uh, Flynn yeah right? that
2: was Flynn Stone was the witness intimidation one.
0: Oh, right uh, yeah Stone was convicted he was, was he convicted of witness intimidation he was, I know he got in trouble he for that he was
2: dead ass convicted of witness imi- intimidation he is a violent felon and I say is because the one silver lining in all of this is that a commutation is not a pardon and Roger Stone is still a felon. And that means he can not vote unless he's in Florida, in which case he'll have to pay a poll tax, apparently. Which
0: Yeah, if he pays all his fines. Is a, which, oh, by a, the way, they don't have records of.
2: Oof. Uh, yeah, so it's largely a symbolic thing but also it does make me happy that even if he's not in jail he's still a felon
0: he is but it's um it's just really just naked corruption
2: it really, really is though uh,
0: there's no there's absolutely no argument that this person's uh crime was not committed or that his sentence was excessive he's simply just a friend of the president's and stayed loyal. He he said that himself a few times that he wanted to When uh, he
2: was nakedly fishing for a
1: pardon on yeah. TV. He's
0: saying, Oh well I could've rolled on him, but I didn't
1: I gotta say, the <laughs> when I was younger and more naive and reading Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality, and Draco keeps telling Harry, you know, it doesn't matter what I get charged with, because eventually the charges go to the Wizen Comet and Father has the votes. And I was like, that feels just that feels a little unrealistic to me. I mean, I guess, okay, I get this is a medieval society um, or whatever.
0: Ash, yeah, ash, yeah, Say it in your Draco voice.
1: No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> 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 but but the fact that like now you see this happening, and I mean, the president just nakedly corrupt the the one supposed check we have of um impeachment does not work. And it's just, it's, it's mind-boggling. We're living in a world where, you know, he's got the vote, so he can do anything he wants, and it's yep. fucking crazy.
2: No, I mean, the really mind-boggling thing is, in the wizarding world, a.k.a. Eliezer Yudkowsky's semi-comical strawman of bureaucratic ineptitude there's more due process (laughs) than in the United States of America that actually exists in reality because there doesn't need to be an act of Congress for this to happen. No. And, like, uh, speaking of which, I would like to talk about the uh, proposed reform, either now or in a bonus episode, about the proposed reforms to the... Pardon power because I have not looked into that very closely, and I think it—I think it would bear
1: discussion. Oh, I didn't even know they were proposing reforms.
2: Yeah, it's mostly. Yeah, proposed uh, by who? Um, oh, what's her name? Uh, the Pelosi. Yeah, Pelosi. Um,
0: okay. Oh, yeah, I did not realize that she was proposing reforms.
2: Yeah, I don't know how serious it is, because, and this is an important thing to remember, Trump is not the first person to do that. Pretty much every president in history has used the pardon power in some fairly scuzzy ways. Uh, but Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... So, it, my one problem with that is it does make Andrew Yang's uh, plan to pardon all nonviolent drug offenders and give them high-fives as they're leaving prison uh, mm-hmm. slightly harder to implement. Uh, but if, um, if they can figure out how to do the reform in some way that'll keep that as a thing that can happen, that would be just aces.
1: Yeah, maybe like limited so it's things that the president does not have a direct interest in. I
0: mean, that would be probably a big one. That's kind of the yeah. no-brainer.
1: Yeah, I
2: feel, like, uh, I feel like a good lawyer could probably spin pretty much anything the president wanted to do in that way. So I'm not sure if that would actually have teeth. But, yeah, that if there's some way they can phrase it so that it actually, like, does what people intend it to do when they say that kind of thing, then, yeah, that'd be great.
0: All right. Well, David, add this to our uh, post Patreon bonus episode list. Uh, Next story, I wanted to briefly mention because this is a politics podcast and uh, I I wanted to uh, at least try to talk about some actual policy. Uh, Joe Biden, who all of us know, is running for president, has released, yes, it's true. It's not just Donald Trump running against himself. Uh, Biden has released a housing plan, which I found interesting um, because it's got two main uh, prongs to it. And one is to fully fund Section 8 housing, which is something people have been saying to do for a while. And that's, you know, kind of a decent band-aid. But it actually goes further than that and addresses the, one of the root causes of the housing shortage, which is zoning. And he's proposing to tie federal housing and transportation money to higher density zoning rules. Now, the devil's in the details with these things, and he hasn't released a lot of details. So far, it's just sort of a mission statement. But even that, I am finding uh, I, I heavily approve of and am surprised that he's going
2: there. Uh, I know you're surprised by that. Do you want to know? I know, know why that you I know. know. You're surprised by that?
0: I know you know because we have a bet that it wouldn't happen. <laughs> but-
2: Yes, at 100 to 1 odds, favoring me.
1: Ooh. Oh! How much did you just win, then?
2: Uh, I mean, it he hasn't, hasn't won anything yet. yet. Um,
1: oh, okay. But,
2: yeah, I'll uh, get a cool 100 bucks out of less if it uh, actually goes through.
1: What's the time limit on this bet? Uh,
2: July 30th, 2039. T- so... Oh,
1: long time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So we'll see, but you know it'll be worth a hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> do, you, <laughs> do you know what the the specific details are? Is this just like higher density in general, or what? A
0: there is no specific details right now. Okay. Um, if there's no, you know, there's no policy written. There's no there's no bill written yet. He's just sort of announced that that's what his plan is aiming to do.
1: How how many localities could afford to um? to not take that federal housing money. Cause like I know I, I live pretty close to Boulder, and Boulder is fucking famous for their incredibly uh tight uh zoning restrictions. Like no one can have uh there can be no building built there over six stories. It's just it's very much uh trying to preserve a small town atmosphere, which since it is a college town means that it just makes the prices absolutely outrageous for Everybody. And uh, it's ridiculous there. Would, due to the psychology of that city, it's called the uh, People's Republic of Boulder over here by a lot of people. <laughs> I I would not be surprised if they just said, if we can at all afford to not take this federal money, we just won't to preserve our city the way it is. Is that? Do you think that's feasible or is the money just so much you can't?
0: Well, the federal housing money is a lot of localities could probably do without it. Um, but if he actually goes through with it and ties the transportation money to it, that's a, that's a lot more. Um, that's, you know, streets and repairs and any kind of public transit. Um, and that is that is... A lot of localities depend on that.
2: And historically, this sort of move has tended to end in the federal policy getting implemented. Like, the reason why there's a national drinking age and a national minimum wage is that uh, those things were done on a state-by-state basis and then um, the feds pointed at a chunk of money that they were giving to the states and said that's money you'll stop getting unless you do this uh, federal policy that we want you to do and the states said okay yeah we'll do the federal policy uh i, I and the suddenly, drinking
0: age was tied specifically to transportation money
2: yeah i suddenly realized that if they tried to do that in the past and it hadn't worked i probably wouldn't have heard about it so we might plausibly <laughs> be looking at a really high failure rate here but uh it has worked on at least two occasions in
1: the past
0: yeah uh so you know vote for joe biden He's uh, got a pretty decent housing plan
1: He's also not Trump, which really seems to be his biggest thing right now.
0: <laughs> well, yes, that's, the, that's his main selling point, but everyone already knows that.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right. Inyash,
1: you had some self-reflection ha! to do. So last week, like an hour or two before we started recording the podcast, the Harper's Letter came out. And I looked at it, and I was like, well, this is kind of interesting. Oh, I should clarify for people who are not aware. Uh, In Harper's Magazine, they published an open letter signed by a whole lot of pretty famous thinkers and writers uh, that said, basically, uh, there is sort of a culture of fear right now uh, around saying things that are unpopular with the left-wing orthodoxy particularly in the media and in education and we don't like it and we think this is bad and it would be good if people were able to say uh what they think without uh without these consequences uh that we've been seeing Um, and it was this
0: very vague and squishy thing it was just kind of like hey uh fear and intimidation is bad free speech that's a good thing we like that yeah people feeling free to say things is, is generally good
1: yeah, so I looked at that letter and I was gonna mention it. And at first, I was like, "This is so like just milk toast. Like no one could possibly disagree with this. I probably won't mention it." But then somebody like quit uh, the the they re- withdrew their name from these signatures signatories, and I was like, "That's something." But this has got to be just one fluke, random weirdo person. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention. This is too small of a story to really matter because who could possibly object to this? and uh apparently that's all anyone talked about for the next week uh on <laughs> <laughs> on much media was uh about the harper's letter and how it was either uh the most true and obvious thing in the world, or obviously supported by Nazis, and therefore terrible. And people withdrew their names, and other people were like, how could you do that? That's the whole point of the letter. And, yeah, it was a big thing. So, um, apparently I should have said something, and I should never underestimate how uh, contentious the the right to free speech is in our current society, which it kind of scares apparently me. Apparently,
0: a yeah. very good scissor statement. Yeah. My favorite part of the story is all the people who who signed it and then withdrew their names after seeing who else signed it. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Because they were because... like,
0: oh, wait, oh, no. This, uh, unpopular people signed this? Oh, no, I don't want to be associated with
1: them. Which absolutely was the point of the letter, right? Yeah. Like, they saw the letter, and they're like, we agree with all these things, but then what is more important is who you are associated with because that is what gets you the bullying and the shaming and the canceling and uh, so they're like oh no no gotta back out which just demonstrates exactly why the letter is needed because people who even agree with the principles in question will back out if they're afraid that they will be ostracized for being seen to have signed something with someone who is quote unquote problematic
0: yeah now thankfully the mind killer podcast started out cancelled
1: Yes. So um, we can uh, uh,
0: announce our support for the letter with, you know, no fear of uh, our our handful of listeners abandoning us.
1: Right. You know, they, I'm sure they would have asked us, but they knew that we were we were above the fray, so they didn't bother.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, sorry, we might have to cover this story, so we can't sign it.
1: Right. <laughs> we would no longer be objective.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to SB-707.
1: This is something I would not have heard of at all, except someone linked it on the Discord. Uh, Apparently, SB-707 passed California recently. It's an attempt to end abusive tactics that employers use to deny the employees justice uh, by forcing them to arbitrate their legal claims and then suspending the process of arbitration by refusing to pay their arbitration fees. Uh, which I I believe I first heard about this, uh, at least half of this. I forget which franchise it was. Maybe it was Chipotle with their cooks, where they were being class action sued by a bunch of their employees. And they said, no, 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 you can't class action sue us. It's right here in your contract. You have to go to arbitration. And so like 5,000 of their employees individually filed for arbitration, which was a few hundred dollars each for, uh, for Chipotle to start the process on. And they said, oh, we can't afford that. And by the way, I'm, I'm not sure it's – I'm not positive, Chipotle. I should double-check this. But it, it, it was one of these chain restaurants, and uh, and a judge eventually slapped them down and said, no, you have to pay these $4 million in arbitration fees because you made the people sign this contract, and that's what it costs. They're just doing what you said. But uh, there are other places that have done the same sort of thing and then just refused to go forward with the process with uh, a large number of their employees. So this bill makes that illegal. If the employer fails to pay the required fees to initiate arbitration within 30 days, they are in breach of the contract.
0: Yeah. Arbitration fees are just one of many uh, clauses that employers and um, retail sellers tend to put in their contracts and their terms of service um, to limit people's access to justice. Yeah. Um, Arbitration is... A great idea for uh, the case where people want to settle a dispute but don't want to go through the lengthy and expensive court process arbitration can be more streamlined it can be customized um, and it can be done on a much faster basis with a lot less hassle um, where arbitration gets abusive is where people are presented with adhesion contracts that have arbitration clauses in them that say well if you know, any dispute arises between us, you have to take it to arbitration. Um, and employers like these because uh, arbitrators tend to side with uh, their repeat customers, which are the the corporations that use them, um, either because of bias or just because the ones who, you know, are more employer-friendly are the ones who get hired more. Um, and w- big thing about Arbitration contracts is almost all of them prohibit class action arbitration. So it's a way to just prevent someone from being able to participate in a class action lawsuit. Uh, So I fully support California's uh, attempt to limit these. I think they should just go all the way and say you can't force someone into arbitration. Arbitration has to be voluntary. Um, But apparently they're not ready to go there yet. But this is still good. and It applies to employers, and it applies to consumer contracts.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. Under California law, consumers can't be forced to pay the costs and fees of mandatory arbitration clauses. Uh, so there is now someone putting forth the argument that this means that if, for example, Patreon were to kick someone off of Patreon for uh, I don't know saying something Patreon didn't like, then all the subscribers to that like supporting
0: producer- the Harper's letter.
1: Exactly. Then all these uh, subscribers to that content producer could then uh, file for uh, redress via arbitration with Patreon. And uh, like if that person had, I don't know, 500 subscribers, then Patreon would now have to pay the arbitration fees of 500 consumers that are filing this this complaint. And they are saying that this could uh, be a recourse for people who've been banned by Patreon. And this will stop that sort of thing from happening. I personally don't see that happening, just because Patreon has a lot of money and power, and small individual people don't, and I'm sure they will find some way to avoid this. And in the worst case scenario, they may just make it so that Patreon isn't available to people in California. I don't know how exactly that would work, but I know Uber has pulled out of places before that have had uh, very restrictive laws on them, so... I get the feeling this won't help at all, but eh, maybe it's a step forward at any rate.
0: Yeah, and Patreon has already amended its terms of service to uh, basically um, draft around that. Um, but that does suggest that their terms of service uh, previous to this did not cover this situation. So certainly possible. Yes. Um, but what the law? So what the law says is just that if. You, If there is an arbitration clause, you as the drafter of the contract that contains that clause have to pay the arbitration fees to initiate the arbitration. Because a lot of what employers and uh, retail sellers were doing was compelling the arbitration and then not paying the arbitration fee so the arbitration couldn't move forward. Um, but they also couldn't go to court. Now, what this law says is, okay, you have to pay the fee. If you don't pay the fee, that's a breach of contract, and the other party can either choose to go forward with the arbitration, they can pay the fee themselves, or they can um, try to get the arbitrator to agree, and then the arbitrator can compel the fee later, or they can go straight to court. Uh, So it's really giving the um, consumers and employees a lot more power than they had.
1: Which is a good thing.
0: Yeah, and if, if against Patreon, the idea is that I assume they have an arbitration clause in their terms of service, um, so you can't file a class action. But what they're saying you could do is that every single one of your subscribers could file a arbitration action against Patreon, and then Patreon would have to pay all of those filing fees. Which possible? I'm not sure.
1: Yeah all righty shall we move forward
0: so there's some reason to expect that russia has been hacking into american companies in order to get their covid research data
1: and by some reason we literally the government came out and said that this has been happening right
0: well yes the the government says it is some reason uh
1: (laughs) certainly not a
0: certainly not a conclusive a piece of evidence but there are allegations <laughs> yeah. that that russia has been hacking um u.s pharmaceutical companies trying to get their uh covid research data um and i noticed this story because uh, it just seems insane to me that we don't want the russians to have our covid research data considering that most of this research is government funded um so we're not relying on profit motive here to motivate this research. The government's paying for it directly. So I don't understand why we're trying to protect the intellectual properties more than we're just trying to, like, say, everyone, take this data and, and make a damn cure.
1: Yeah, I-, I felt the same way. I was surprised that they had to do hacking. It's like, weren't they already sharing the data? I guess yeah, not. Like,
0: wh- why couldn't they just ask? And say, oh, <laughs> yeah. yes, here, please make something.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean... like. Well, honestly, what I don't understand is that, uh, like, I get why the companies might not want the Russians to get their information. What I don't get is why the Trump law firm, a.k.a. the U.S. Department of Justice, is, uh, like, actually going forward with this investigation. So.
0: I... I am having real trouble understanding why the Trump government is doing anything it's doing when it relates to COVID 19. That is valid. So, I, I, I'm at a loss.
1: Um,
0: and speaking of
1: hacking, Twitter yeah, was Twitter. hacked. uh, This appears to be a top-level hack, not of individual user accounts, but of Twitter itself, because they had uh, root-level access to all sorts of accounts of really um, important people, including, uh, may I point out, the president, right? Seemingly so. Yeah, that's, I mean, everyone else, like... I mean, can you really tell... (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of people apparently lost some money because a bunch of these said, hey, if you send us uh, Bitcoin, like it was Bill Gates, if you send Bitcoin here, I will double your contribution uh, for some kind of charity thing. And actually, it was just some guys or some organizations, private Bitcoin wallet. So the money's gone now. But the normally like I'd be like, whatever, it's Twitter. Who cares? Right. And that sucks about the people losing their money. So that part definitely fine pursue people for fraud but the interesting part is that like our president has literally used platform to announce and enact policy like there has been policy decisions made that were announced officially for the first time on twitter and without like other follow-up elsewhere he fired one of the uh major positions um god does anyone remember who it was that he fired Uh... i think it
0: might have been his chief of staff
1: okay yeah uh, yeah he definitely
0: fired people over twitter
1: it was on Twitter, and, like, when when the president of the U.S. is making policy decisions on Twitter, someone else getting access to his Twitter account could really uh, fuck things up for the world if something really bad is posted and a different country takes it seriously before we have time to come back and be like, oh, no, no, that was a hack.
2: Yeah.
0: Thankfully, uh, that didn't happen, but...
1: It did not, but maybe the president shouldn't fucking use Twitter to announce policy.
2: Yeah, no. I don't think he's going to listen to you, Enoch. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Only with signed a Harper's plan. letter. <laughs> yeah. You could try writing a strongly worded letter, but I'm pretty sure the president cannot read.
0: Oh. That is probably true. All right. Ooh. Well, that's our regular news section. On to happy news.
2: Okay. Yay. Yay.
0: David, you have something to tell us about excess deaths in the UK.
2: Yes! Uh, So, excess deaths are uh, one of the ways to measure the actual um, uh, mortality of an event like COVID-19. Even despite all the tomfuckery I've complained about before with uh, how deaths are measured... Uh, such as people who die with COVID being listed as people who died of COVID. Uh, And basically it looks at uh, the same geographical area at previous points of time, uh, usually one year previously to adjust for seasonal factors like the flu, and uh, compares death rates... um, to those previous death rates. And excess deaths in the UK have been negative for a month, meaning um, fewer people have died in the past month in the UK than uh, died a year ago. Uh, probably this means that both uh, COVID deaths are getting down pretty low, and social distancing measures, mask wearing, etc have driven deaths from the flu and other such um, communicable diseases down enough that the death rate is negative. Uh, It could also be a random fluctuation, but uh, I would, given that this is an official uh, statistics aggregator, I doubt they would um, make any of the simple mistakes that would uh, lead to a random fluctuation getting this kind of result.
0: All right. Well, Huzzah. it sounds like good news.
2: Yes. Uh, it just
0: kind of throws in a stark relief, the difference between their response and ours. But, you know, at least somebody's doing well.
1: Yeah. Remember when we were first talking about when this, I think it was episode one, we were talking about, like, the things we would need to do to reopen the uh, the tracking and the testing. And we were like, man, is this going to turn us into a quasi-police state like uh, like one of the Koreas or Singapore? <laughs>
0: And, remember when that's what we were worried about
1: and uh what actually happened is no one gave a fuck and we went about our business like usual uh, this is it's it's really looking back on it just from those few months ago how little fucks we seem to give is astonishing
0: yep but somebody gives some fucks which is our second piece of happy news
1: yeah, phase 3 trials for a vaccine are starting, might even be available this year if it works out well. And uh I believe I heard someone say that the actual uh acronym of the vaccine is Chad, which <laughs> is leading <Nice>. to <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just leading the virgin virus versus Chad vaccine memes already. Oh. Oh.
0: Nice. Uh so what's a phase 3 trial? What does that mean?
1: Face-through trials is the one where they have already done it uh, on animals and on small-scale human trials, and now they're doing it on large-scale, multiple thousands of people human trials to see just how effective it really is.
0: and Is this um,
2: happening in America?
1: It's actually happening in Greenville, South Carolina,
2: among presumably other cases, which is like 45 minutes away from where I live. And I would sign up, but I have a pre-existing respiratory condition, even though it hasn't given me any trouble for, like, ten years or so now, it's probably enough to keep me out of the volunteering pool, which yeah, is Yeah, that a makes drag. sense.
0: Yeah. Um, so, since this is happening in America, it's probably not going to be the most effective way of testing it, since we're still not allowed to deliberately expose people to the virus after supposedly inoculating them. Uh, But hopefully they manage to (laughs) find out if it works some other
1: way. Well, with enough thousands of people, you should be able to compare the rates of them catching it, right?
2: Yeah, but that sound you just heard was the sound of my heart breaking as a part of my brain screamed, Just give them money!
0: (laughs) Um, That part of your brain is always screaming that.
1: Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there's a part of my brain always screaming, give me money, too, but...
0: Well, give me money, sure.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, David's is always screaming about giving everyone money. It's weird.
1: Oh, wow. He's got a better brain than mine, then. (laughs) I mean, we knew that. I'm (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm sorry that was me. Yeah,
0: that's fair. (laughs) And now, to showcase David's big, wonderful brain, we're moving into troop deployments. Uh, As we all know, politics is the mind killer, and arguments are soldiers. So in that vein, we ask each of our three hosts to deploy a soldier onto the battlefield each episode. And we will start with David.
2: Yeah, so, uh, I do not blame anyone who has not been paying attention to the LP uh, presidential run, because it will not... That's Libertarian Party for you people. Yes, thank you. Um,
0: Who don't follow this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, um... (laughs) Uh, so they are not going to win, which is a shame because <laughs> Jo Jorgensen, as I think I may have mentioned, uh, she was my professor for an intro to psych class when I was an undergraduate. And she is probably not insane or uh, having in early stages of dementia or a rapist, so she's better than the other two candidates from the main parties. Uh, but the, um, the, uh, I don't know what the word is, or campaigning materials for the LP this year have been really great. Uh, it's included things like, uh, full throated. And unambiguous support for the Black Lives Matter protests. Um, Joe Jorgensen said um, uh, that I can't remember the context, but she said uh, in a um, official campaign statement that it is not sufficient for libertarians to be uh, to not be racist. We must be actively anti-racist. Uh, And just in general, uh, it looks like the Libertarian Party is uh, finally getting around to purging the Paleo-Libertarians and other assorted racist fuckwits from our ranks, and it is time and past time we did that. The LP will be much, much stronger for it, and I am just delighted that this is
1: happening. all. All
0: right, another bit of good news. All right, Eniash, what do you got for us?
1: Uh, I don't have much because I've spent the last two weeks moving and getting my house uh, livable. So I guess my troop deployment is you should always get things in writing because uh, every... Even if, like, you trust someone and you have a kind of informal agreement to do this and this, maybe they heard you wrong, Uh, maybe uh, someone forgets something, and then if you didn't have anything in writing, all you have is your shitty memory versus their shitty memory, and everybody is just upset about things. Just, Just write stuff down as you're going through what is going to get done in your house and to your house, and have both parties sign it at the end. It's really easy, and it saves so, so much headache.
0: Uh, Your friendly neighborhood lawyer agrees. Get things in writing. Uh, And my troop deployment this week is about Donald Trump. Oh, good. (laughs) This man is, I have no idea what is going on with him, but he is actively sabotaging COVID-19 testing. And we sort of saw this coming back in the very beginning when he had that cruise ship. And he said the thing about how he doesn't want to let people off the cruise ship into the country because then the numbers will go up. But he's, he seems to really not want tests to be given for the virus because he just doesn't want to know how many people have it. And now he's having all testing results get routed around the CDC straight to uh, the administration. And so now everybody doesn't know if we can even trust the numbers that are coming out because it's possible that the federal government's going to be able to get to them first and distort them. Um, And this is just a completely insane way for the president of the country to be acting. His re-election depends on us getting the virus under control. If the virus isn't better by November, he loses. Um, It's in his... Every incentive he has... Should be telling him, you know, be as effective as possible on this. Get the virus under control as quickly and as cost effectively as possible, and he just won't do it. Uh, And it is just. Yeah, but. I knew. Yeah,
2: but when you test more, the numbers go up. Oh, God. You have to slow the testing down, please. And I knew.
0: Like, we all knew he was going to be a bad president, but I, at least, didn't expect anything like this.
2: Yeah, and, like,. Honestly, I'm not sure. I don't want to take too much credit because hindsight bias is a thing. But, like, this is something he's done a lot. Like, if you look at his early campaign materials, it's obvious that he doesn't understand that trade deficits and fiscal deficits are a different thing. Like, (laughs) when he was talking about why we needed a trade war, he said it was so that we could get the budget balanced. (laughs) <laughs> and that's just a, a complete non sequitur, no matter how you look at it.
0: He also seems to think that tariffs are charged to the exporting country and not the importing one. I mean, honestly, I'm not even
2: angry about that one because a lot of people <laughs> don't get how incidence of taxation works. But I suppose like, seriously, fuck this guy so, so hard. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. Well, that's our show. Uh please follow us on whatever uh app you use to listen to podcasts. Uh, please give us reviews if you love us or hate us. Um come join the Discord that's uh that'll link will be in the show notes or send us an email um and say something clever and maybe you'll, we'll uh feature your comment on the next episode. Um, And we will see you again in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel.